0: Will a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep in their arms shall not be infringed welcome to another edition of bearing arms cam and company my name is cam edwards glad you're with me on the program today we are going to be talking with uh, laura carno from faster colorado here in just a moment or two about one of well more than a dozen Gun control bills that it looks like are on tap in uh, Colorado. We've seen the introduction of four bills to date, but uh, there are about ten others that are currently in draft form, involving everything from bans on semi-automatic firearms to a uh, host of new gun-free zones uh, in the state of Colorado. And what makes this a little bit different, as we'll get into with Laura, is that you know, unlike states like California, New York, where they tried to suppress who could carry. And then after Bruin said, well, okay, now we're going to just try to stop uh, people from carrying in all of these new places. Colorado has been a shall issue state. Uh, And yet they are still trying to oppose California and New York style restrictions on lawful concealed carry holders. So places that, again, Coloradans have been able to carry in for decades may soon be off limits to lawful concealed carry if the uh, Democrats in Denver get their way. Take a look and a listen. Laura, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. It's good talking with you.
1: Sure thing. Thanks for having me.
0: Which was better news to talk about uh, because uh, this is, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, the Virginia Citizens Defense League, uh, Phil Van Cleve, sent out a uh, alert to members yesterday, and he said, I've never seen anything like this in 47 years of lobbying at the legislature. Just the onslaught of gun control bills that are coming in Virginia, where you've got a Republican governor, you've got one seat majorities for Democrats in the state house and state senate, but they're acting like they're in Sacramento, not in Richmond. We're seeing the same sort of dynamic at play in Denver, right? I mean, it seems like the gloves are really off, and you are just getting an avalanche of infringements to our right to keep our arms. Everything from semi auto bans to, uh, I think, what we're going to be talking a lot about today. This uh, draft legislation has not been officially unveiled yet, but a sensitive places bill that I mean, it could have been stolen straight from uh, California or New York. All of the new gun free zones that would be imposed by this bill, including. Schools that have armed school staff, Laura.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And it is patterned after the California and New York um, sensitive places bill. I think we changed it up and called it sensitive spaces. So it's different. (laughs) But but it's using um, all of that language that post-Bruin, New York said, fine, if we're stuck with Bruin, then we're going to just have some so-called common sense um restrictions on on sensitive places and um and here we are but um yeah you're you're right it also impacts um one of the i'm going to just um say 8 million places you can't carry according to this this draft that's out there um would be K12 campuses and as we've talked over the years um I run Faster Colorado out here in in uh Colorado where we uh, train armed school employees, and there are 400 or so of them um, that are on duty right now as we're as we're recording this, uh, protecting school children in, in Colorado. So it wouldn't just say you can't do any more of that. It would rip out the protections that are in place today.
0: I, I am... Uh... Uh, you know, on the one hand, I'm not surprised because I think we are seeing this around the country that, the, the, you know, the Biden campaign has made gun control, I think, a centerpiece of the uh, reelection efforts. And I think Democrats are following along. I think Bruin is also a wake up call for Democrats, and they're now rushing to enact all of these gun laws, um, a in the hopes that by the time these legal challenges get to the Supreme Court, um, Democrats have been able to pack it full of anti-gun justices who will uphold all of these laws. But at the very least. Uh, I think they want to keep, you know, as many restrictions on the books as possible, forcing us to play defense. You know, it costs money to challenge each and every one of these provisions. And, you know, they'll they'll see what sticks, right? Um, But in the meantime, uh, any concern about, uh, again, infringing on a basic civil right seems to have just flown out the window in Colorado. uh, And again, uh, every other state out there. The attack on by the way, would this bill also ban concealed carry on uh, higher education campuses because that too is legal in Colorado
1: and that is legal in Colorado. interesting, you bring that up because it's not in that draft bill and and again, this is the initial draft bill. maybe it's been changed in the draft, I don't know, but I listened to a um, a podcast this morning from a Denver radio show um, Russ Kaminsky, who had on the boulder. District Attorney talking about exactly what you're mentioning, saying that um, we shouldn't have the ability to have concealed carry on college campuses. So you, you you listen to these side conversations as the the legislature is in session, and you wonder who's having what conversations um, with with um, legislators, especially since that draft bill is still in draft form and hasn't dropped yet.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, again, unlike states like California, New York, Maryland. All of these sort of May issue regimes, right? Their response to Bruin was okay, well, now that we can't artificially suppress who can carry, now we're going to say you can't carry anywhere. Colorado's different. Colorado's been a shall issue state, right? There are hundreds of thousands of concealed carry holders in the state of Colorado who have not posed a problem. Uh, They're not responsible for the rise in violent crime that's taken place in Colorado over the last decade. And yet, we're still seeing these California, New York style. Uh, gun free zones being imposed, and that I think is a real change, right? It's it's one thing to say, well, you know, New York put all these gun free zones in place where they weren't there before, and, and that's true. Um, but I I I can understand the twisted logic behind that decision, right? I, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with it, but yeah. I understand the warped logic that led them to say, well, okay, well, if, if we can't limit who can carry, well, we can limit where they can carry. This is different, because We are talking about a a right that has been respected in Colorado for decades, a right that is widely exercised. Um, And now the state legislature, the Democrats uh, are saying, all right, well, you can't carry in these places anymore, where, again, it's been commonplace to have concealed carry. Now we're going to tell you, no, you can't go to A through Z, all of these different locations. Um, You know, 11 years ago, we saw. Uh, Democrats recalled after, you know, universal background checks, the magazine was put in place. Is this is this year an example or is this year uh, does it have the potential to lead to a sort of resurgence um, among voters of, hey, you've gone too far. This is not what we voted you in for. This is not why we sent you to Denver. And uh, since you won't respect our rights, we're going to send you home.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. And, and that's how you and I first became acquainted was back during those recalls back in, in 2013. And you even had your team out here covering the the elections um, um, in the field here. Um, and so that's a, a very good question. Is this finally far enough? Because the things that have happened in the last couple of election cycles, um, people like me and other people who pay a lot of attention to uh, gun rights in Colorado, we keep saying, I think this is enough. I think people have had enough now. We were wrong. Um, is this enough? So those those ten thousand or so people that showed up to the state legislature in twenty thirteen, uh, most of whom couldn't even get into the Capitol because literally the Capitol was full, and so they did a honking protest, driving the square around um, around the the Capitol, honking during the um, the committee hearings, so that they could make their voice heard as well. um, I think that most of those people um, would probably show up again. Um, Will it matter is really the question. Um, uh, Last year, there was a a so-called assault weapons ban uh, that was killed in committee by a Democrat committee. Um, Interesting about that one is they, uh, the speaker last year, moved some committee members around to put some Democrats on the committee for that day who are in a little bit more conservative districts so that they wouldn't have any repercussions electorally by voting against um, an assault weapons ban. So um, that was very interesting, leading me to think, is it just too far for the Democrats? I do not think that. Or is it the governor who has um, aspirations to run for president at some point? Um, looking ahead and saying a a so-called ban on assault weapons wouldn't play well in a, a general election for president. Um, so he's not going to go there. Um, you know, hoping for all of those things to happen this year.
0: Obviously. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I hope that people do turn out um, specifically on your issue with Faster Colorado and the armed school staff have you heard from districts have you heard from superintendents or principals who have said uh, you know let me know when i need to be in denver uh, cuz i i want to i want to you know give these lawmakers a piece of my mind and let them know what the impact would be in our school district
1: yeah so we do keep our schools um, informed of what's going on at the capitol that might affect them um as i was sending out the uh, the bill draft um, that we're talking about um i was already getting texts and calls from people saying hey i've heard about this so there are a lot of Folks out there that do keep an eye on it. Um, but I did get um, lots of people writing me back after we sent the email out saying, you know, tell me where to show up. Um, we're, we'll be there, we'll, we'll fight um, tooth and nail for this law. Um, we all also are hearing from schools that they will have parents showing up in droves. Um, you know, consider that you know, 60% or so of our schools uh, that we work with at Faster Colorado are all in rural areas. And, um, you know, maybe one of the handful of deputies, well, maybe three deputies in some of these um, little counties, maybe um, somebody is five minutes away, 10 minutes away, but more likely they're 30 to 45 minutes away. And so what what is the protection plan for these rural school districts who have been Protecting their kids with armed staff for you know ten plus years in some cases with no problems um what what is the plan? You're not going to be able to afford school resource officers for every single one of those school districts the The sheriff's offices can't keep enough deputies to even patrol
0: their you
1: know these these very vast rural counties so uh, but those questions haven't been answered, obviously,
0: yeah. Taking away security in the name of safety. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't get it, but, uh, you know, that is what the Democratic agenda is in Denver this year, unfortunately. Um, yeah. All right. Well, listen, we're going to be continuing to follow what's going on. Uh, please let us know. You've got an open microphone whenever you you know want to come back on the program and let folks know about uh, bills yeah. that are moving. Um, what is your advice if there are Colorado gun owners who are listening right now? Again, uh, understanding that uh, the, the, the challenge is going to get these lawmakers to listen. Uh, but what is your advice to gun owners who, who do want to object? Where should they be focusing right now? Their state uh, representatives or state senators, both. Cause we've got bills inter- dropping in both chambers.
1: And all, yes. And all of the above. So okay. um, there, there are the um, Colorado state shooting association here in Colorado um, is keeping, um, keeping folks very informed on what's going on. There's a couple other organizations. Well, if folks want to, Follow us at um, Faster Colorado. We're FasterColorado.org. Um, we are keeping folks um, um, advice of what's going on generally on on gun bills, and um, specifically on on what's going to affect um, campus carry for our schools. Um, but if if you're listening to Cam and Company, you probably care about what we're doing at Faster Colorado anyway. So um, feel free to connect with us and, and stay up to date on what we're doing here. Um, but this is going to be a big deal. It'll be it'll almost be hard to. Um, to keep away from the media on it, but make sure you're following a good source of, um, you know, like, like CSSA, when the um, committee hearings are, um, who, who you can write to. Um, we now have um, post-COVID, you can, um, you can uh, testify virtually um, via Zoom. So if you're a six-hour drive from the Capitol, now there's an option for you not to, you know, spend three days um, just for your three minutes of testimony.
0: Well, that is that's that's, you know, Democrats are capable of doing some good things, I guess. So they willfully choose not to do the right thing when it comes to our rights, keeping their arms. Yeah, Uh, Laura, listen, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to catching up again very soon.
1: Okay, we'll talk soon. Thanks.
0: I appreciate Laura joining us on the program. You know, one thing that I would uh, again, I don't know that it's going to have an impact on these lawmakers, but one thing I would point out. To my legislators, uh, particularly if they are, you know, anti-gun, and you uh, are, are hoping to persuade them or convince them not to vote for these civil rights infringing bills, remind them that over the past decade, as Colorado has put all of these gun control laws in place, you know, again, starting with universal background checks, bans on large capacity magazines, and you got the red flag law, you've got the uh, end of firearms preemption, and all kinds of new local restrictions coming in. Violent crime has gone up in Colorado. And not by a little bit. I mean, violent crime has almost doubled over the past decade as all of these new gun control measures were put in place. And each and every time these politicians said, Oh, you know, we have these laws for public safety. And then they put these laws in the book. Public safety gets worse. And now again, they are just going wholesale after your right to protect yourself in the increasingly dangerous environment that they have created. It is quite literally adding injury to insult. I know I said, yeah, I meant to say it that way, because that's exactly what's happening. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We will start there with a story from CWB Chicago. I I try to avoid this website. I could cover a story every day from Chicago. But man, sometimes you see these stories and they're just so egregious. So once again, giving uh, some time and attention to uh, CWB Chicago, a great website, great resource for folks who care about uh, crime, criminal justice and uh public safety in the Windy City. Here's the headline. Carjacker shot a Lyft driver just days after getting out of juvenile detention for another carjacking. That's right. Um the uh, individual in uh, this case Deandre Millions or Millens, 18 years of age. Um, back in July, I guess it was, uh, Millens was responsible, according to prosecutors, for um, at least one carjacking. Uh, according to prosecutors, he was the lift passenger when he pulled out a gun and ordered the driver out of the car uh, on July the 10th. Once he was outside of the vehicle, Millens allegedly racked the slide of his fireman and threatened to shoot the driver. The decided, uh, driver decided to fight. Uh, the 31 year old was shot during the struggle. Millens then fled, according to prosecutors. The victim did survive, thankfully. Just a few weeks later, on August the 1st, and by the way, this was just a few days after Millens had been released from juvenile detention. Uh, On August the 1st, several weeks later, Millens allegedly carjacked a 28-year-old woman in Chicago. He struck the woman in the head, according to prosecutors, threatened to shoot her and demanded her phone and keys. A woman never saw a gun, but she did comply. Chicago cops, according to CWB Chicago, found her car a little while later. Uh, his officers guarded the vehicle, and waited for an evidence technician to arrive on the scene so they could, you know, dust for fingerprints and things of that nature. They saw Millen standing on a uh, street corner, and realized that he was one of the carjackers, and police were able to take him into custody, charging him uh, with vehicular hijacking. Judge Susana Ortiz detained him the next day, August the second. Um, the lift driver later able to identify Millens as the uh, suspect in this case. Prosecutors, according to CBB Chicago, recently took this to a grand jury. They returned a true bill charging him with multiple counts of attempted murder, attempted uh, armed vehicular carjacking, armed robbery, as well as uh, firearm violations. And here's where it gets interesting. Uh, During the detention hearing, uh, because uh, as of right now, a judge has ordered Millens to be held without bond, so he will remain behind bars, Um, the judge reviewed his juvenile record. In 2021, he was convicted of armed robbery and illegal possession of a firearm, as well as aggravated domestic battery. In 2023, he was convicted of criminal trespass to a vehicle, and he was sentenced to juvenile incarceration last January, a little more than a year ago, for an armed carjacking. The uh, judge wrote at just 18, the defendant has an extensive criminal background, five violent offenses all but one involving firearms, and he's only 18. Probation didn't work. Juvenile court didn't work. He is not a candidate for release. Well, we'll see how long that works and how long that lasts. You know what else didn't work? Chicago's gun control laws didn't work to stop this teenager from illegally accessing a firearm multiple times to commit violent crimes. And yet again, just like in... uh, Colorado, the answer is, well, we just don't have enough gun laws. It's the next one that's going to make a difference. No. How about we get a functional criminal justice system, including a functional juvenile justice system that doesn't hand out probationary sentences for things like carjacking? All right. Today's uh, armed citizen story from Dallas, Texas, where police say a man was shot after trying to break into an apartment apartment in uh, Dallas this was over the weekend i believe it was uh, on sunday uh yeah sunday morning about 5 a.m. Dallas police department says the intruder identified as 46-year-old nicholas Benitez was trying to uh, break into somebody's apartment when the victim shot him benitez is taken to a local hospital for treatment before officers took him into custody right now he's charged with burglary of a habitation with assault um so far Dallas police haven't said whether or not the person who shot benitez would face any charges if they were where they had a right to be in their own domicile, I mean it is trying to break in their home uh, and apparently assaulted them, that would indicate to me that they had the right to fight back and defend themselves. But uh, we'll keep our eyes on this case, bring any more details uh, if and when they become available and finally, today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time,'ll able to do the right thing. A man in Springfield, Illinois, who saved another individual who was stuck on railroad tracks uh, in his wheelchair. With a train coming down the, uh, the pike there. Yeah, um, Ernest Stewart says he was on his way to the grocery store when he saw this stranger in a wheelchair, had his wheel stuck on the railroad tracks. Um, Stewart drove by and just, you know, thought, oh, that sucks. And then he noticed the guardrail starting to drop, right? Train's coming. And he said, what I was thinking about in that moment was, here's a guy that's in distress. He may lose his life. Nobody was helping the gentleman. So the 69-year-old steward got out of his car, ran over to help the man, um, was able to extricate him from the railroad tracks, pushed him to safety, and he got himself to safety as well before the uh, train made it to the crossing. He said, uh, we just froze there until the uh, train went by. He said, I guess I'm really a little scared for the guy because I didn't think I was going to dislodge him in time. I really thought he was a goner. I thought we were both gone. But uh, thankfully, again, that wasn't the case. Ernest Stewart's okay. Don't know the uh, individual in question who was, uh, who was helped, uh, not identified by a local media, but again, he's alive and well today thanks to the life-saving actions and quick thinking of Ernest Stewart there in Springfield, Illinois, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. And uh, Mr. Stewart, we thank you for your very, very good deed. And that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of and Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for joining me on the program as well. Looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. Don't forget, though, check out BarryArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We do have some good news to report on occasion. But boy, there is just an onslaught of anti-gun legislation coming down the pike right now. And uh, we're staying on top of it. Because we want you to stay on top of it, too. Like what you see, and encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member as well. Just go to beararms. slash subscribe. Use the promo code Gun Rights, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. It's always the same. Thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Because Your support really does matter. It truly really does make a difference. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your 2A Tuesday. I'll be on Newsmax Talk with Carl Higby this afternoon about his new lawsuit filed in conjunction with Gun Owners of America taking on the lack of reciprocity in New York State. Be sure to check that out, 5 p.m. Eastern hour. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.